Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, fun seekers, good morning. A very pleasant good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone and uh, OneRadioNetwork.com, July 15th, 2022, on the Earth Plane, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I've often thought about it. I don't know. I keep wanting to ask uh, these flat earthers. Uh, well, okay. So Earth is an immovable plane, right? And that's what we believe as flat earthers. And um, it doesn't go around the sun. And there's no space like we've been told, just some space, about 100 miles or so. And um, But then where is it? Uh, we're going to have Santos Bonacci back on in a couple of weeks, and uh, he's uh, one of the all-timer flat earthers and cosmology truthers, and I would ask him that question, well, where is it? I mean, if it's not spinning around, well, where is it? If it's just setting somewhere, setting stable, where is that? I mean, think about that. It'll make your head explode. But uh, if you'd like to think about whatever, triple eight. I don't know where that came from. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Our phone lines are open. They always are. And let me check uh, real quick here and make sure it's going to work, so you don't try and say, "Man, I tried to call in." And uh, also email triple eight six six three. We did have a little rain, and sometimes when we have rain, um, it doesn't work. See? See? Let me just reach over here. I'm going to reboot it. Reboot it. And it will work. So good morning. Here we are. Obviously, I should have done this before the show. But, yeah. Sometimes. Or all the times. It just is what it is. It should work now. I'm glad I checked it. Okay, so anyway, you'll be able to call in a minute here and then also email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. I hope you're having a, having a nice day. It is the 15th. Well, you want to try it again? Anyway, we'll do it. Um, uh, what is your, I want to ask you, what, what is your biggest challenge? So you wake up or you just start thinking about life and um, what is your biggest challenge? Like right up the top there, number one and number two. Oh, doesn't look like it's gonna. Well, well, I don't know. It may not work. I rebooted. I mean, when you reboot, it's supposed to work, huh? Try it one more time. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Oh, it works. Just took a minute. Cool. Cool. Okay, phone lines are open. Anyway, so what is your biggest challenge? I mean, the things that you kind of go. 
you're washing the dishes or walking and you're thinking about something maybe that you want to fix or you don't like or, you know. I'd like to know that if you'd like to share and share that with us. I think it'd be interesting to hear a few. And if you're, you know, you're shy and you don't want to call, just just email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com as we're live here. It's a few minutes after 10 o'clock. I think my biggest one that I'm working on all the time is to not, <laughs> to, to stay focused on what I really want and believe to be real. And I can sometimes get off into the weeds quickly with something. And, um, and sometimes it's difficult to get back. Now, now that's strange, isn't it? Because as uh, closely as I look at these things, as you know, uh, my, my, one of my big things in this lifetime is to understand you know, the human condition and how our, this whole thing operates with us being spiritual beings, you know, in a body and the mind and, and, and emotions and all that. And um, I'm fascinated by it because, well, for a lot of reasons, just to understand, it's kind of cool. It gives me something to talk about here. Many of you like it um, and email me about it, and I appreciate it. And you like that? This you like this kind of jazzy talk because nobody else talks about it the way we do because we're crazy. And also, you know, I write about it in uh, one of the screenplays, the current one I'm working on. It's excuse me. It's been done for about two months, but constantly rewriting it and re- rewriting it again. It's called Look and See. And it's about a um, a over-caffeinated investor, um, you know, kind of uh, anxious investor, kind of a fellow that uh, looking for the next big deal. And he he gets introduced to a device that was created by a by um, a real ethereal kind of a guy. And you get in this device and. And the fellow, his name is Nuva, in the screenplay, Nuva tells him that this is a Tesla kind of a technology. And you get in this device, and and it really shows you exactly how thoughts are, are not floaty kind of things, you know, going across our consciousness, like I believe for years. Um, I don't know if you approach it that way or not, if you even separate or see your thoughts or look at them or whatever you do. A lot of people approach it a different way. Uh, a lot of people just thinking and they don't even think about thoughts. Anyway, uh, and so it, it shows, you know, our investors begins to show them how this all works. And he goes back to see him a few times and it shows him how fear, uh, this machine shows him clearly how fear, for example, puts energy into his kidneys. Pretty cool stuff. And the investor kind of goes crazy because this is all new information, even though he, he wants to learn about it. When you get this stuff, at first, you just kind of go crazy. And it's a great love story. And um, I think it's really a nice story. And um, so, you know, that's why I'm always trying to understand exactly how to explain it and to look at it so um, you know it's 
part of my job as a screenwriter. Uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, different movies that will be involved in kind of Matrix-like kind of stuff, you know, um, helping people to see more clearly the human condition and how people change and grow. And, you know, that's what people like to see in movies. They like to see heroes have obstacles and then they change and they grow and they walk out of the theater or turn off the TV and the film and and feel some kind of a, yeah, wow, okay. That's the whole point of story is if uh, people can leave the story and feel better, more empowered than uh, before the story. That's the whole magic of story that that we tell stories since the beginning of time, you know, sitting around the, the campfire and talking about story, business stories. Anyway, um, so... So as much time as I've looked at this, and uh, sometimes it's very challenging to just, knowing what I know and knowing that it's an illusion, to just think my way out of it when I get into a black hole. I don't know if you've had that, that experience. So I've really been looking at this carefully the last couple of months, and um, I'm beginning to really get a, a, a clearer idea. It's pretty geeky, but I think it's fun stuff if you want to, you know, listen and, and think about it a little bit and, and dig into it, of the subconscious mind. We've heard a lot about the subconscious mind, but I've seen, I've got glimpses of it and can even feel it now uh, when I'm writing, attempting to sink into the ever-present now and look and feel the screenplay, feel the characters really sink in. If you can imagine that, you know, really be there with them so they have a life of their own and they can say what they want to say. Not what I want them to say, what they want to say. That's the whole point, right? What they want to say, because they have a life of their own. To do that, for me, uh, the writing process is a spiritual exercise, as I'm finding out in its as in itself. I'm, and what I see and feel and can discern, subconscious mind is it's almost if it's a if it's a a band a a um, plane of existence and it is a plane of existence it is the etheric plane it is a thin line between mind and soul which is called subconscious or etheric body so we have an etheric body that is um, in the subconscious realm. That this this subconscious is is pretty much running all the time, and it is a, an accumulation. What I've been able to see 
of a lot of um, stuff that is very difficult for us to think clearly about what is, contemplate, if you will, about the ever-present now and think our way out of a situation. Because this energy, subconscious, is running. It's almost like, um, hmm, this might be a nice metaphor. It's almost like uh, if you can look at the crawlers, if you, if you watch um, a video of a newscast, since you don't have TV, right? A video of a newscast, and you see a, a crawling, um, you've seen that? Where they have this news stuff that's kind of crawling underneath the person. So this is information, images, feelings, thoughts. They're kind of crawling at a low level that we don't really, we're not really totally aware of all the time, but it's there. And not being aware of it if we're not really focused on the now from a pure self standpoint, in other words, if we're not really meditating or contemplating, it's very easy to react to something that is said, which is why people react. That's all we do, is react, right? Facebook, Twitter, whatever, the newscast, oh, that can be true, oh, that's that's just a reaction which is very unproductive and and just keeps us in the matrix because we're reacting to not the original cause, which is spirit, but we're reacting to maya or the matrix. And so this is why so many people, um, oh, Dr. Massey, let me do a little drink here. Mm. Forgot my small glass downstairs. I'll get that. This is a bit cumbersome to handle. It's why so many people, way most people out there, who are look at this stuff, really talk about the subconscious mind as being controlling everything. And if we're not conscious, which is difficult, when this conscious mind is running, it is running everything and why we um, believe stuff that may or may not be true, but we believed it for so long, right? Maybe lifetimes, whatever. Uh, the earth is spinning around the sun, I, I don't know, just name it, you know. Government is good and we're here to help. Uh, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. You know, doctors know what they're doing, there are germs, uh, you know, just stuff. Most of it not true, but we believe it because we're just running this program all the time. And the stronger the program, the more difficult it is to even be open to ideas. Which, And this is really becoming clear, which is why uh, most of humanity is in a mental prison and 
they are just buying into their subconscious beliefs, whether it be politically right, politically left, uh, politically neutral, uh, whatever it is, vegan, carnivore. So this is this is their identity because they've just thought about it a lot. And it's running. And all the fears and all the stuff. And the more fears and the more anxious uh, ideas that we have running, the easier it is to have more of them. And why some people... Uh, you know, get really, really sick because they just can't get out. And in my opinion, the the main reason why there's so much division now in uh, on Earth, huge, right? Right, left, uh, everything, everything you can think about, you know, just come up with one, right? You know, Russia, Ukraine, there's just opposites, right? It's, it's crazy, right? Abortion, uh, politics, a big one, you know, left, right, good versus evil stuff. And why the um, the division is so strong because regardless of what one's viewpoint on life is, if one is not conscious and can communicate. So, you know, this is the way I, I you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree, yeah, it's cool, but this is what I think, but we can still get along. That is, you know, that's the way to go, right? Think about if that was the uh, uh, consciousness of all of us and what would be going on on Earth. Okay, well, you know, I'm pro-abortion, and you're not, so you can do it, and um, it's okay. You do what you want. Or you don't do what you want. No, that's right. Which is a healthy way to look at it, obviously. And, of course, just the opposite is going on now with people attacking Supreme Court judges and throwing paint on people and crazy stuff. Crazy land is like, crazy land because we get so identified in these memes these belief systems I don't care what they are um, and we we just react because you know we take it as a personal um, you know affront a personal attack if somebody believes um, differently than we do So this subconscious that's running, I've seen it, especially when I'm writing, and sometimes it takes 10 minutes for me to get above it. And I think that's what's going on. I think um, as soul, um, I think we just get above the etheric plane and we work from the soul plane which is the fifth dimension you've heard the fifth dimension idea and all this stuff around going around the interweb that uh, humanity is going into 5D 
You've seen that, right? And that's what they're talking about. And it's an interesting concept. Uh, but trust me when I tell you humanity is not going into 5D. You can, and I can, and we can learn how to do it as I learn how to do it. Do it all the time. But I also slip back into 4D or 3D and emotions and get caught up there until I figure out, wait, whoa, wait, I gotta get back. And this is just what spiritual growth is and we just pop back and forth. We call this soul traveling. But please know, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but and there's a lot of this out there, um, um, that humanity is going into 5D, right? Humanity's gonna take this giant leap into 5D. Well, I, I wish, yeah, I wish, I, we, I, we, I wish it was going to be like that. But the, in my opinion, in my experience, there's no way that's happening. There may be a lot of souls, like you and I, that are learning how to operate from the fifth dimension. Thank you. It's, it's a great group, fifth dimension through our meditation, contemplation, different spiritual practices, and see things objectively. Whoa, that's interesting. Hmm, I wonder how that works. But um, and that's probably where this is coming from. There may be some people that are getting glimpses like you and I are, uh, and then thinking that everybody is, is, is going to jump up there. Together, right? I don't think it's going to happen like that. Because... In my experience, we we do this on our own with the help of angels and spiritual teachers, but um, nobody's going to just plop us up there just because we're good people. Because then, how do we get there? Wait a minute, what? How, how, how do I get here? How do I get back? You see what I'm saying? It has to come through us. So, um, and the reason I really got onto this the last few months, really trying to get a better uh, screenplay produced, written, going deeper, deeper levels of emotions for the characters and all this. This has been a beautiful exercise in reading. Well, how do I do that? I mean, um, it takes a lot for me because I, I don't know how it is for you and you can... You can tell me. Um, to quietly say, okay, now this character is doing this. What? He has a moral objective. And he has a desire streamline running through. And what would he say here? Why is he saying that? Hmm. Why is he saying that? All these kinds of questions that one must answer to develop characters, not just plop them down, you know. Now, so for me, it's very challenging, and I love the challenge to get into that space, and it's really a meditation, or it's really a spiritual exercise. And there'll be times where I get in there so deep and it, you, you get so quiet 
that after half an hour or so, you're so quiet and so that all you want to do is sleep. I just have to take a nap. And I can lay down on the couch and just for an hour. Very cool. So I'm beginning to see that this this has been the the main cause of my lack of sleep pretty much the last 30 years. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Where I felt like there were no thoughts running through when I'm lying there. I'm very clear on that one. Hmm. I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah. But the body is not sleeping. The body just doesn't want to... And now I'm seeing clearly the reason that is, is because the subconscious mind is, is rolling and it's taken a long time for this information to come to me or I can then do something about it, which is healing, right? Which is healing 30 years worth of insomnia, if you want to give it a name, because I didn't understand what was the problem. What was the, what was the challenge? Does that make sense? So if we don't know what the challenge is, if we can't clearly state the challenge for what it is to ourselves and to God, whatever, to our teachers, then we can't find the answers. And stating the challenge clearly is, well, very challenging for most of us because we, we have a hard time getting clear enough to actually say, wow, so this is what I'm looking at. What can I do to solve this? What is the cause? What is the cure? What am I doing presently to stop the information from coming in? What can I do presently to allow the information to come in because I really want to know that kind of conversation with yourself. This is called contemplation and it works and it will bring results if we really believe and trust the process, trust that the answer serves and serves will come through and be patient and not expect them to come in like that. It's really um, um, fascinating because in the screenwriting biz, um, so many of the teachers talk about you have to know what the so-called, you have to know what the problem is you're working with and state it clearly to yourself. They talk about this. 
before it can become visible to you. You know, rather than just saying, well, that's not working, it just sounds stupid, I don't know. Why would you say that? Our phone number, if you care to join us, and is triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. So I'm really seeing that we have the ability to think our way out of problems. Isn't it fun just to think our way out? Which makes sense, doesn't it? Because we thought our way into them. You know, we thought <laughs> we thought our way into every disease, every problem, every challenge, everything that we don't like about the matrix, everything we don't like about our lives that we want to change. We thought our way into it. Unknowingly, of course. If we would have known, we wouldn't have done that. All right? but we can think our way out of it just by having a quiet conversation with ourselves. Okay, what's going on here? How, what do I know for sure? What do I know? How can I, maybe you want to get rid of a negative thought that keeps coming in. Okay, you can work backwards and figure out where the thought is coming from, how the thought works. This is why we talk about this stuff. You know, why am I always feeling so negative? Or why don't I, you know, you can think your way out of it. I think. I don't, I don't know any other way to do it. I think that's what we're calling, I think that that's what we are being called, if I can say it, I think that is what we are being called upon to do, is to take this life experience by the horns, if you will, press forward to where we want to go and quietly think our way through it with courage, without fear, and with clarity, and with the belief that we are opening up the positive and discarding what we don't want. The belief is very strong and very powerful. I mean, uh, um, you know, Jesus talked about faith, you know, will move mountains and the whole thing, and it's true. You know, without the belief that we're getting um, help, that we have all the help that we want, that the help is there for us spiritually, with information, with healing, whatever you whatever you want, with finding the right partner in life, maybe that's your challenge, or you really like to find somebody. Just that belief, um, that spirit is helping us to do that, helping the body to heal, helping us to find our way out of, um, you know, some lack of abundance thing that we're dealing with. What am I so 
Why am I always so broke? People think that. All these different challenges, um, we can work our way out of it, and I think that's what we're being called on to do today, now. And why the forces, you know, the forces, the boys, as we used to call them with Andrew Goff, you know, the boys, the, the Illuminati, the crazy people, the government, uh, the people, the media, you know, the whole thing. I know that's why they, that's why they, you know who they are, you know, medical model, military industrial complex, the media, big pharma, you know, all the, the crazies out there, uh, World Economic Forum, all these people that want to control us. That's why their whole mission in life, their whole mission in life is to make you and I crazy so we can't think our way out of a paper bag, essentially. That's what they do. And they do it good and well. And most people, God love them, I'm not criticizing them, but most people can't. Just go out there and talk to people. They just can't think their way out of any, you know, this up. Well, you know, my doctor knows what he's doing. You know, I'm taking these meds, and yeah, I know they're not good for me, but you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that's crazy, crazy land. But people do it because they can't think their way out of it. But, you know, the more you watch the news and the more you buy into all this stuff, there's no way you get out. And this is, this is their hope for millions of people to just um, get them in the crazy land and, you know, kill them. I don't like to be so crude, but that's what they want. We know it, you can see it. They're doing it with these injections. They're doing it with uh, the medical model, with pharmaceutical medicines. They're doing it with um, everything, you know. Meat will kill you, have to get a plant-based diet and eat some of what Bill Gates is going to provide for you and, you know, everything you can think of. It's crazy, isn't it? Isn't that a trip? Whoa. Tis a trip. Tis a trip. Well, hmm. So where do we go from here? Well, there's always, in life, there's always a break for a commercial. Got some cool things to show. I'm going to show you some pictures uh, from the uh, James Webb Telescope, allegedly, the new one that replaced Hubble. They don't tell you what they did with Hubble. I don't think Hubble was ever out there. At the end of the night, the only place I want to go is back into my bedroom. And the supplement I take with me is Sir Thrival's Taboo Aphrodisia. It's an erotic herbal elixir made with several different aphrodisiac herbs and two key nutraceuticals. It's finished off with cacao, maple syrup, and a little vanilla bean for a super sexy flavor. 
And what it's designed to do is increase blood flow for both men and women. Come to bed, baby. Don't worry, we're married. <laughs> Guys I, I, and girls, I think if you uh, couple that one, Taboo, um, that's kind of a cherry on the top, but if you do the, the elk velvet antler, um, pine pollen from Sir Thrival, and if you kick in this little guy, which I'm going to take a hit, a rise from, from Shen Blossom, all on our website, of course. Ooh. These are not like sexual, well, taboo is pretty sexy kind of thing, but elk velvet antler and, and pine pollen and a rise are not, well, a rise is pretty much just uh, kind of lower shock, but it increases chi, right? It increases chi and energy and uh, often cases testosterone. So for you ladies who want to do a little extra tea, if you're coming up to before, during, or after menopause, that's a good thing to get a little more tea, ten testosterone in there. Yeah, it's a good thing to do that. So, so these are Sir Thrival products, and um, I think you'll enjoy them. Well, if there's anything we know for sure, do we know anything for sure? there's anything we know for sure is that there's going to be a there's going to be a day when the dollar is going to go down and down and down. It has to happen. There's just no way around it. No way around it. I won't get into it now, but there's just everything that we know, the way the uh, financial model is built, is that um, the dollar will someday. Right now, it is the strongest currency in the world, if you can believe that. I, I mean, think about how crazy that is. Here they are, they, you know, they, the boys, have created about four, five, seven trillion dollars out of thin air, put it out into the ethers, raised interest rates, I'm sorry, raised um, inflation to about 20%. They say it's 10%. Could you imagine the government admitting that it's 10% inflation? Never been since 40 years, right? 50 years since the 70s during Jimmy Carter. But they're admitting that. So if they're admitting 10, we believe it's about 20. So um, all this new money they've printed is, is just chasing a lower amount of goods because of the supply chain thing that they've rigged up. And this is why it costs more to buy everything. We're not raising our prices, so buy our products. <laughs> So, so the long and the short of it is we believe that gold and silver will have their day and continue to go up. They've been going up a little bit, but they are both controlled, you know, dynamics. We know that the gold and the silver prices are controlled. We know that. But there will be a time, 
when the they cannot stop the they can't stop it. They're just going to be holding on for dear life. And there'll be a day when the gold and silver that you buy today will be worth a lot more than it is today. So if you'd like to get some, this is the only real hedge against inflation. Long term is Fred Dashevsky with U.S. Coin Capital, 800-878-2646. He's got some really cool special going on right now. Since his show a couple weeks ago. He has $20 St. Gaudens, 1907 to 1932. One of those babies. Uh, Mint State 65 on a scale of 70. This baby's virtually flawless, but not quite flawless. 65 on a 70. And then two Indian head Mint 62 pennies, um, no dimes, Indian head, I, I don't know, not sure, but the tenth of an ounce of silver, uh, I don't know what they are, but you'll find out, for like $5,800, and then he's got um, 1,000 dimes, pre-65, they're a tenth of an ounce of silver as well, oh, I think the Indian head are more, but these are a tenth of an ounce. Sorry, my notes are a little cryptic. 1,000 dimes, tenth of an ounce, MS 65 as well. And then you can buy a bag of these dimes and then some Morgan silver dollars. There's 10 of those in the package. So that's a special price for those guys. 4,800. Yeah, 4,800. So it's a little complicated, but you can call Fred if you're interested in in, uh, owning some gold and silver numismatic coins. We recommend that you try it. You'll like it. As the commercial used to say, try it, you'll like it. And um, tell him we sent you. 800-878-2646. And just put some away. Don't let anybody hold it for you. You just kind of, just put it away. Previously with chemist, biologist, and nutritionist George Altgelt, we asked him this. And so what do you think about Dr. Seneff's contention that as these glyphosates are in the soil, they bust the self-recycle and that's really detrimental to the body? It's extremely detrimental. Uh, Sulfur is such an important detoxifying agent for the entire body and especially for the liver. You've got to have trace minerals so that the liver can build these compounds that are essential for getting itself cleaned and that lady who was talking about sulfur Mm -hmm. man play that ad every chance you get because our foods are so deficient in sulfur and it is a big deal for the liver to have enough sulfur to make all those compounds that it uses to detoxify itself not just sulfur they're all important but sulfur is the one that we're so deficient in and we need sulfur thanks george I had some this morning. You? You might want to give it a try. You can click an order right on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. Three locations, three prices delivered. And if you'd like more than four pounds for a discount, email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, we can do that. You know, um, we've been taking sulfur, and a lot of you have, and we get to we got a, a really great group of regular people 
that buy this over, and they have for, what, 10 years? And I take it pretty much every day. I put it in my water here, you know, I do the hydrogen water, and then, so you can still see something on the bottom. And George talks about the sulfur being a detox um, molecule for the liver, which is really curious. I never really put the pieces together, but because of our work with Adam Bergstrom and uh, Ray Pete, we know that these little age spots, you see people, elderly people, get age spots on their hands. You've seen them on their hands and their arm. Oops, let me do this. You know, their hands and their arms. Sometimes on the face. And these are just liver spots. Or they call them age spots or liver spots. You see them on people. And this is just, um, I think it's part of, I could ask Adam, yellow fat disease or just um, a sluggish liver. You know, that thing, that kind of thing. So I'm not bragging because to do that, that's kind of thing. But just to help you to understand how that these things work. Um, I I mean, I, I see one, barely here, one, barely, and two, but you can barely see them. They're just slowly going away. Spots. And I used to have, I think I caught them one time three, two or three years ago, 15 of these eight spots on my hand. Used to. I remember the show. We were we counted them, and they're just gone. It's crazy. So I can only assume. I don't know for sure, but the sulfur has been a big um, catalyst to keep Patrick's liver happy, moving, cleaning, or detoxifying, and. Happy liver. Pretty fun, huh? Yeah, the proof is in the pudding for some of these things. We just don't make it up. Um, we use everything. Everything. Everything that we promote here. So we're real picky about what we do promote. If you'd like to be on the show, 888 63. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. And indeed it is, and our phone lines are open, 888-663-6386. Well, we're going to get to some emails. We have some fun emails. Um, I want to play something for you. Now, um, so... As you know, all, all politics is performance art, right? It's just, it's just actors doing things. Geopolitics is a kind of politics on steroids. These are the big players who their whole focus in life is to control you and me. That's what, that's what they want to do, just like we just talked about. That's what they want to do. Now, we know these people are out there. We know they are. Um, you can just uh, 
research the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab, as uh, Tom Luongo calls them, the Davos crowd, you know, the people that um, are controlling Biden and are, you know, trying to push Putin, Putin back, you know, doing this whole Ukraine thing. Putin's the devil and we got to stop him. He's going to take over the world and all. Well, it turns out, and we're going to have a guest on next week to talk about it, Brandon Smith, that there's an organization that are the active players in this, whatever you want to call it, Great Reset, whatever these people have in mind, own nothing, control everything. Um, there's an organization that their whole job is to do this. And they've got a thing called inclusive capitalism. And one of the head, the head dudettes in this thing is a Rothschild. I kid you not. A Rothschild, right? That we know is one of the the spookiest families on the planet as far as wanting to control you and make your life miserable. They've been, they've been at it for hundreds of years. This, this, now, this is the big one. This is you're really going for the goal. They want you and me. They want us. So they've got this organization they'll tell you about. I'll play a little bit of it. I won't play the whole thing. I think it's six minutes. We'll see how much to play. But these are the people that are the active folks and they've got a plan and they are everywhere into politics and these are what these are the people that want to that are actively and they're in they're in with the Vatican. Now we've always known the Vatican has been spooky wookie, right? Always. Andrew Goss talked about it and they just have been. They've been they've been in the devil's workshop for a long time here in the Catholic Church. Yeah, the Vatican's been Bad, bad actors for hundreds of years. Sorry for Catholic, but it's the way it is. The evidence is there. The Vatican's in on this one. <laughs> yeah, they're in on it. So, I'll just play a little bit of this thing. È necessario e urgente un sistema economico giusto, affidabile e in grado di rispondere alle sfide più radicali che l'umanità e il pianeta si trovano ad affrontare. We are answering Pope Francis's challenge to create more inclusive economies that spread the benefit of capitalism more equitably and allow individuals to realize their full potential. A majority of people around the world say that they think their families will be worse off in five years. That's a scenario that we simply can't accept. Too much wealth has accreted to too few people. 
If you make money, what's the point if you're not prepared to share it? If the people who help make that wealth for you can't live with dignity. It's inclusive capitalism though, and we have to recognize that starting from where we are to where we need to get to, you know, we need to bring everyone as, uh, along and there will be adjustments that come with that. We do need the private sector's ingenuity, capital, technology, people, everything, their passion to come to the party. We want to operate in a sustainable way, where incentives are aligned across generations, not just across quarters, and the main actors take a long-term perspective. Aligning our innovation with the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the priorities of inclusive capitalism is both a business and sustainability imperative. Two reasons, I think, why I'd say concrete commitments uh, to inclusive capitalism matter. I mean, the first, and, and not to be underestimated, really important, is they can inspire other people. And the second thing that I would say around concrete public, public commitments is they can help build trust. Leaders in the business community can be a unifying force. They can be a, a source of opportunity. They can be a source of understanding. So we as business leaders can step up and solve many of these economic problems. I think business uh, plays a very important role in, in resolving these challenges. I think businesses have to become you know, part of the solution through leadership uh, by example uh, and through leadership by incentives. We are stewards of this earth. It's our duty to keep it clean and to keep it decent for future generations. I'm wanting to embark on this journey to provide the guidance and the assistance of the churches on social thought and whatever other consideration might be necessary, you know, whether ethical or, you know, just social guidance, so that this group that has you know, taking up such a noble task of making capitalism work for the good of humanity, achieve its goal and land on target. So this is our vision, this is our purpose. Look, the fact that different religions need to come together on all matters is just the crying need of the times in our world. Faith cannot be used to pull us apart. Faith is meant to bring us together. And the fact that I'm a Sikh and somebody else is a different religion, to me, doesn't matter. Our work is indeed about social justice, which is rooted in the gospel. The idea that every person deserves to live in a just society. Capitalism is at the heart of innovation that creates higher standard of living. And we know that it's been working, yet we also know we can do a lot better. We need a new system focused on the well-being of people. It's a big challenge, but if it is done right, the benefits will be immense. It's not just an asset owner. It's not just an asset manager. It's not just a, a CEO. It's not just these boards of directors. We have to work collectively over the long term. What I think capitalism has to stand for to, to be inclusive capitalism, how we help uh, everybody have equal access to the opportunity, have, have the economic mobility. The council is a terrific body in which we can assemble a critical mass of companies to join and commit 
uh, to concrete actions uh, that not only affect and improve the communities in which we live, but affect the world community of which we're all a part of. We believe we need more than a thousand organizations on board and only with this very purposeful collective action we will see the systemic change across markets that will make capitalism truly inclusive. We invite all businesses large and small and individuals to join us as stewards for inclusive capitalism by going to our website, agreeing the principles and making your own commitments to inclusive capitalism. Please join us. Thank you. This is a, I mean, how can you not believe her? Her last name is Rothschild. I mean, how could you not believe? Do you believe that thing? Did you, did you hear that? Everything, in my opinion, <laughs> this is the new world order. These people, everything that they told you they were going to fix, I mean, it's just crazy. Just the opposite. Everything. Everything that they said there. They don't want to help people be inclusive, included in their capitalism. Really, the, the CEO of banks, CalPERS, which is the head of the uh, California... fund for all the workers. <laughs> wow. And they're going to do it all under the guise of helping more people be included in the wealth that they have. And of course, it's just going to be the opposite. And they're doing it under the guise of so many things. The environment, you know, money, the system can't just work anymore. We have to change it. And this is, these are the people, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican. How can you not trust that? Headed up by the Rothschilds. How can you not trust that? I mean, I, I mean how can you not trust that? The Vatican and the Rothschilds, and these people are actively getting in every nook and cranny they can with politicians, with programs, and they're the ones behind, you know, pushing the Green New Deal and uh, cleaning up the environment because, well, there's just too many carbon, carbon things out there and the climate change uh, and the whole thing. And these people have been embedded in our political process since, uh, oh, I think it goes back to Clinton. Um, here's a quote from Deputy Secretary of State Strobe Talbot, which was uh, Bill Clinton's main squeeze. This was in Time Magazine. Whatever, back, back in the 80s, right? Late 80s. In the next century, nations as we know it 
will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. National sovereignty wasn't such a great idea after all. This is in Time magazine. The free world in the free world formed multilateral financial institutions that depend on member states, their willingness to give up a degree of sovereignty. The International Monetary Fund can virtually dictate fiscal policies, even including how much tax a government should levy on their citizens. Oh, interesting. A Rothschild-run bank in, the, in Europe, the IMF, that just creates money out of thin air, they should be able to tell American Congress and what, what, how much tax to levy on us. Really? The general agreement on tariffs and trade uh, regulates how much a duty a nation can charge on imports. The, these organizations can be seen as the pro-ministers of trade, finance, and development for United Trade. So some of the CIC members, MasterCard, DuPont, the UN, the Teachers Insurance and uh, Annuity Association of America, CalPERS, which is that big uh, thing in California, isn't it? Their, their pension fund, California. British Petroleum, Bank of America, Johnson & Johnson, Visa, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford Foundation, Mark Carney, uh, uh, who used to be the head of the EC, uh, head of the Bank of England, the treasurer of the state of California. Corporate-led government with Congress and corporate representatives mixed with pliable political leaders. The CIC. Whoa. Bank of America. These, these, this is what these people want to do. Brandon Smith will be on here next week to unpack all of this. This is where I learned this from him, his work. Wow. Hmm. Think about it. The Rothschilds and the Vatican and the IMF. And they want to run your life hook, line, and sinker and they're going to do it to millions of people who will just buy into it. Oh yeah, that would be great. I'll do that digital thing. I don't have to work. Oh, oh, you're going to take away my mortgage. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I don't want to work. I can't eat meat? No, you have to eat this stuff because this is the best food for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you got to get this injection too to get your money because if you don't get, you know, you can't have it if you don't. Oh, okay. Well, one more won't. These people are psychopaths and they are dangerous and there's going to be millions if not billions of people that will buy into this whole thing. So I guess the question is that what are you and I going to do? 
we're going to be fine. Because we know it's a scam, we're not going to buy into it, and we'll just go on our way and do our thing. They're just going after, in my opinion, they're just going after the low-hanging fruit. Don't listen to any of this nonsense that they'll be banging on your door wanting you to join and take it. It's all, it's all fear porn, in my opinion. They're not going to do that. They don't care. They get a couple billion, two, three billion. That'll be good. Just let us alone. Because we're not fighting them. We don't care about them. We're just doing our thing. Taking care of ourselves. And I'm sure it's going to be, actually, I think we're going to have a better life because of it. Not sure how that's going to work, but stay tuned. It's a trip, huh? That this is going on in our in our lifetime. Our phone number is triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at oneradionetwork dot com. So what do we do? Uh, same thing we always do. We're just going to uh, figure out how to earn, uh, keep earning a living, right? Um, somehow, we just keep doing it. Earn a living, um, figure out how to have access to the food we want, and um, have the life that we want. We can do that, can we? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, have you seen, have you, have you been keeping, I read the headlines, but there are, there are people, revolutions, going on all over the world. I'm sure the mainstream media uh, doesn't report in Sri Lanka. I mean, in Sri Lanka, they've they've stormed the castle. Have you seen that? They've just stormed the castle, man. They are, they took over the whole president thing, and they just have an entire revolt. They're just it's just over. I don't know what the people are going to do, you know, if they don't have a place to work. It's very crazy. It's going on all over the world. People are just. They've had enough. They're just not going to do it. And I think it'll get to the point here in this country. These keep people keep doing it. You know, they'll steal another in that election. And that people in this country will just storm the castle. Can I tell you? You know, there's millions of people who are awake in this country. Many millions. I'd say probably half. And they're not going to, they're just not going to do it. I don't think we'll need to storm the castle. I think we'll just need to go on our own way, but that's just me. I don't think any violence has to be involved at all. We don't have to do another 1776. Just let them go. Let the millions that want to do their thing, do their thing. Watch TV, take injections, eat eat soylent green food, and, um, you know, have the government take care of you. I think that's the way it's going to go down. I don't think we're going to have to. Why would we want to take over 
what they're doing. You know what I mean? Can I do this? They don't have anything for us. They don't have anything. They don't have anything to give us. They don't have anything to help us. They don't have anything. I'm talking about our government. They've got nothing. Just a bunch of crazy people running around doing crazy things. Nothing. Taxing us. <laughs> Trying to control us. Nothing. They don't do anything. Get us into more wars. I don't know. A war against carbon, which is a necessary thing. Um, we don't. What do we need them for? We don't need them. Hang out in your state. Find yourself a state that's half awake: Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Montana, Idaho. North Carolina, North Dakota, South Dakota. And we're just going to do our thing. Yeah, you watch. I think that we'll, we'll just break away from uh, these United States. It lasted, what, 250 years? Not bad. Not a run. But, and I don't think they'll They'll even try to stop us. What are they going to do? Send in the military in Florida and Texas to uh, make sure we stay like Lincoln did when people were trying to break away? No, they're not going to do that. I don't think the military would do it. Why would they? 